Hobby Addict の時間です It's time for Hobby Addict And now here are your anime addicts Welcome, guys, episode 231 of Hobby Addicts. We got a jam freaking packed episode for you today, Hobby Addicts. We've got. Well, you know what? I'm getting a little ahead of myself. I am Mitsugi. I was just excited. I'm joined by the fabulous Mandy. Mandy, how are you? Hello. I'm doing all right. It's kind of chilly in here today, so it's kind of a, a nice、uh, change from usual. But I'm doing all right. I,、uh, I spent a whole week with my sister and、uh, we, we did some stuff together. Not much. Like, not much that we could do outside of the home. But、uh, yeah, so I have some stuff to talk about. And we also have、hmm, the magnanimous Mason. Is that, a, is that magnanimous? Is that good? I think it's a good word. Mason, I, you're magnanimous. I'll take、today. it as a compliment. Thank you. Um, yeah, if, if that means slightly chilly because it's nice and cold outside,、uh, yeah, it's like Mandy said, nice and cool in the Midwest. So I'm enjoying not having to need my AC cranking, and、uh, that deprived for me. Magnanimous means generous or forgiving, especially towards a rival or less powerful person. So it is a good thing. It、so、is a good go. thing, but I don't know if that's really applicable to me, but I'll take it. So、okay. thank well, you. Well, you know what? It's an alliteration anyway. So, and,、uh, and you also have the malignant Mitsugi. I'm here to, to, uh, to, to, to uh, all your bases are belong to me on Hobby Addicts. Guys, we have a packed episode. I have an addiction to metal games, and it has sunken into degeneracy, and so I can talk about that.、Uh, Mandy has a ton of stuff here. Mandy finished Stranger Things, she finished Hades, and Little Misfortune and Trine 2 on the Switch. Wow. That's, full, that's a full slate right there. This is a Mandy episode、mm-hmm. for sure. And then Mason talked about, is going to talk about a book, which I'm sure has everyone excited because reading is important. It really is. And the book is called The Institute. So we're going to get to all this. Mandy, simply, we should simply start with you because you have such a large amount of things. Where, where, do, you want、oh, to, where, okay. where do you want to begin? Um, Let's start with Stranger Things. So I finished all of Stranger Things with my sister. Uh, over the week, and、um, I definitely understand now why first season is the best season <laughs> after finishing all of it. Like, I still enjoyed what I watched, but the second and third season definitely have a much like a very different feel to them than the first season did, I would say for sure. It's a little,、um, would you say it's a little campier, maybe? Yeah, definitely for sure. It's um, like the first, I think. <laughs> So, the first half of second season I was super into because the Mind Flayer, which is like the monster in the second one, and keeping in mind that all of the monsters are kind of based off of DD creatures because all the, the kids love DD and they, they kind of named the creatures after them because they have some of the same kind of、uh, like some similarities to them. 
And the first half of the second season, I really enjoyed. I thought I was going to enjoy it more than the first season because the monster was so large and you just had this just feeling of just doom, like like hopelessness looking up at him. And I thought that was really cool. That's something that I'm super into. Like, like it... Like, looking at how large this creature was and how he's able to get inside of your mind, you being a mind flayer, and completely control you is the kind of horror that I'm I'm really into, more so than a monster that you can just beat upside the head with uh, with a bat. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I thought I was going to really love season two, and as the season two went on, I realized that there were a lot of episodes on L that I felt were kind of pointless. Like, there, like, I don't want to give any spoilers, but there was an entire episode on Elle going out and finding somebody else, another uh, psychic, and I felt like that episode was pointless. Mm -hmm. it, it didn't mean anything, and it never came back. Like, I thought, oh, they introduced this person, they'll come back, and they have not come back this yet. And it was like, what was the point of that? <laughs> the, the Suicide Squad episodes. Yes, yes, exactly. I was like, what? I, you know, to do nothing with that was such a... Why? Yeah. Like, why did they feel like they needed to do that? I don't know. And maybe they're planning to bring it back in season four. I have no idea because, but I was expecting that to be a bigger thing. I thought, oh, this person's going to come back. They're going to be the one to, you know, solve the mind flare issue. I was like, but then it felt like they just introduced somebody with the intent of having her have, play a bigger role. And then they just kind of threw it out the window is what it felt like. Yeah. <laughs> they're well, like, nah, this is too much work. Well, they <laughs> did throw it out the window. Like, why? Have yeah, that? That, absolutely. Total waste mm -hmm. of time. Yeah, it was a very, it was a big waste of time. Like, I watched that with my mom, and we were both looking at each other, like, "What was the point of this?" <laughs> like, that had nothing to do with anything. So we were, we were kind of upset with that. But then, the third season is good, but definitely not if you came to it looking for a horror, like season one. Like, I felt like I, I felt more like I was watching Jurassic Park. <laughs> That's what I felt like. Yeah, a bit. It just felt really silly and not like, um, I mean, of course, a show with big monster creatures is not realistic, but it felt far less believable than the first season because it starts introducing like underground, uh, like, um, like Russian operations and these kids are like, like sneaking into secret bases. And I'm like, this is getting kind of silly. <laughs> They they wouldn't but, make it five feet into that friggin' base. No way. Give there were so break. many times I was like, "This is this is getting really ridiculous." <laughs> so, um, but I mean, it was still it still had funny moments. It still had some good moments. I didn't care for how it ended, but I was like, eh, the, "At least the mind flare looks cool." And I kind of like the um, I really like the beginning of season three because I was like, "Ooh, this is gonna be interesting because now the mind flare." is um you know can get into more people and now we're gonna have like a like a town where you're not really sure who is who, who is a like um like uh, being influenced by the mind flare and who isn't and i thought that was going to be cool but it never really went that far unfortunately <laughs> never went to the direction that i wanted it to go there were some really cool moments in there that gave me like what i was looking for but uh towards like as it went on towards the end i was like okay we've completely moved away from this and i feel like i'm watching Jurassic Park. <laughs> so, so if I had to guess, I mean, so for me, the season, the best season is the first season, for sure. And yeah. then, the, and then the second best season for me was the third season. Do you, do mm -hmm. you feel the same way? Are you in the same order? Yeah, okay. yeah, I agree. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. It just so many bumbling Russians in season three, and yeah, it was very silly. How did you feel about the the? I won't say where it happens because there's really only one uh, that, that that I want to mention. But like, how do you feel about the the big death that happened? Were you sad? When you were you sad? I don't happened? think it happened. Oh, oh wait, think- wait, wait, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Uh, if we're thinking about who I'm thinking of, mm-hmm. is it a major character or a character that only showed up for like two episodes? It's a major character. Okay, no, I don't think that ever happened. I don't. I don't oh. think that person's dead. So you? Think I don't that's believe bullshit. deaths. Yeah, I, for sure. <laughs> I think the ending ending gave a hint towards that after the credits. Did it? Oh, I must. I yeah. have to go back and watch that. I'm not going to spoil anything, but there is a scene where, um, in Russia, they are there are some people in like um, going through a prison, and one person's about to open the door, and they're like, "No, no, not the American," and they go to the next cell. Oh, but you never get to find out who's in that. I remember that. <laughs> so, okay. and I don't believe deaths unless I see a body. If there's no body, I don't believe it. So, oh, okay, okay, it's one of those. <laughs> until like, I see a body, that person's not dead. <laughs> one of those personal philosophies. Got it. Yeah, for sure. Okay, okay. So it was okay. Like I, I will still watch season four. It's fun to watch, especially like with a group of people. Because I was watching it with my mom, and my sister, so we had fun watching it. But. uh yeah, season one was definitely the best uh, after having finished all of it. Okay. Well, I'm glad you... I'm in- curious what... Are you, oh, sorry, uh, I was going to say, you- I'm curious what monster is going to be in season four. Well, maybe we'll actually get to see like the physical form of the uh, Mind Flayer or whatever, because I don't know if we've really seen it yet. He just kind of speaks to your mind and doesn't... Well, we did does- see that big monster, and I assumed that was the Mind Flayer. Maybe it is. I, I mean, I don't know. To me, a mind flare is like a dude with like tentacles coming out of his face. Yeah, but these monsters don't really look anything right. like the D and D counterparts of them. Gotcha. They still have like a kind of Lovecraftian feel to them, which is where a lot of those creatures are based off of. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't. I, 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 I think I remember them saying that that big monster that we saw in the show is the actual mind flare, and like a fragment of him that broke off in uh, season that two. Big- I don't. That big mofo, wow, he's big. Yeah, yeah. he's a big boy. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> all right. Well, um, I'm. I hope you're excited for season four, like, like the way that I am. I'm excited for it. So I am. Um, I also finished Hades, which I've talked about too much now, so I don't want to talk about it. Too, like, I don't want to spend too much time on it. This, the, this man, this game must be good as hell because, like, the Discord is just everyone's talking about Hades. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, that's probably my fault. I'm feeling left It's out. now one of my favorite games, and I fucking love this game. But um, I did finish the main story, which is like the um, like you finish it once, but then you have to finish it multiple times to get the the actual ending. And then I also just found out that there is a little bit more of an epilogue if you continue a little bit further. So I haven't found that yet. I'm curious if it will um, kind of wrap things up a little bit nicer because I I think the only complaints that I have is that the first the ending is a little tiny bit open ended because there's kind of like a like it almost gave a hint of a DLC but I don't even know if they're planning DLC but they're kind of like this isn't going to be I don't want to spoil the ending but um but a character is kind of like oh this isn't going to be a permanent solution we're gonna have to figure out something else kind of thing and uh but then. But it never really wraps that up, so I don't know if the epilogue is going to do that, or if they're planning out DLC to wrap up the um, 
like the story centering around the Olympians? I don't know, but we'll have to find that out. And then um, the other uh, only like real complaint I have is that it's it's kind of obnoxious <laughs> that it's uh, characters in the hub world, like the hub zone in um, hell or back at home in your home, they can only speak once per run. And that has been so obnoxious to me. <laughs> like you can't have a real conversation with them or something? No, no, no. I mean, like, they can, when you talk to them, you only get one conversation out of them per run. So, for example, there are weapons. And then after you uh, satisfy a certain number of requirements for a weapon, you can unlock the final aspect form of that weapon. So after you satisfy everything, Achilles will give you a pa- like a spoken password that will <coughs> unlock the final aspect of each of those. So when he gave me something that I like a phrase I would have to say to the spear and then I got the final spear form. And so um, I would do that. And then uh, like I looked up the requirements for the bow and I have all of them completed except for Achilles password. So he's supposed to give me the password. But if you unlock more story and you go to Achilles per run, he will he always takes story over um uh, over whatever your weapon and stuff is. So uh like that's his priority. So um when you go out when I went out into my run, I uncovered more uh, like information on my family drama and when I came back home uh, Achilles only wanted to talk about that he's been doing that for like multiple runs because there's a lot of things that he is queued up to say but it would be nice if I could get that family drama and then still have the option to talk to him again to get my password because that's all oh, I really I want is my fucking password to my bow <laughs> but every time I go back he's like oh, I heard about this with your father and goes on about story stuff. And I'm like, ah, oh, no. You just want to use the damn bow. <laughs> so I have to go back out okay. and die again and come back. So they have to give you, like, the ability to use equipment. Um, Having not what? played it, it's a little <laughs> difficult. To, well, you said you, you, said you Up- want to have... Upgrades a- are locked behind certain dialogue trees, and she's saying she's not getting the dialogue tree she needs because he's, she's getting pushed on a different, like, mm. plot line. Yeah. So, gotcha. and because you can only talk once each death, she goes out, mm-hmm. does her thing, dies, and comes back, and it's still not the one she wants. So it's like, what what can you do except just keep on chugging away? Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I can see how that would be annoying because you're trying to you're trying to progress in a certain way, and the game is kind of preventing you from doing that. Yeah, yeah, it's happening with Thanatos too, where I have given him six nectars, and I'm supposed to unlock the next stage of our like personal relationship and then um but he won't because he has been talking about every time i well first of all thanatos is a random encounter so you could go an entire run and never see him so it's already like difficult enough going oh i finally found thanatos and when i come home he wants to talk about family and i'm like no (laughs) just unlock more of my personal relationship with you mandy's giving him him all her love and all he's giving back is like memes Yes, exactly. Like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's exactly what's happening. Ugh, so, um, but no, I still absolutely love, love the game. I thought it was so so much fun to play and I'm I'm still playing it even though I finished it. So, <laughs> I'm I really enjoy it. Enjoy it and it's definitely one of my favorite games now. Okay. Well, I need to get uh, it. I, I have to I have to get it on the Switch if I get it. So, we have, we do have a Switch downstairs and uh Oh, nice. Our our little I don't know we have a, we have our downstairs it's it's like a projector setup so I have no idea how the game would work 
<clears throat> on a on a screen that large, but you know, maybe oh, I have no idea. Maybe it'd be fine. Some games are like fine, and some games like shooters are terrible. Like you don't want to like shooters. You'd rather have like a tiny screen, I think, than a big one because you gotta. I think it'll be okay for the big screen. You, 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 do you know what I mean? Because like when you're playing games, some games you have to, you, know, you don't want to have to like look very far distances on the screen to like see other things. Uh, you don't need to really squint to play Hades. You, you're just taking in a lot of inputs at once and kind of loosely maneuvering around a map. There's not a lot of like finesse with like pinpoint accuracy. Gotcha. Okay. Well, sounds um, like fun. There's no concrete plan date, but I did hear that they're planning on releasing it on PS4 and Xbox One eventually. Oh, they just fuck don't yeah. know so, when. I think they said late 2020, so maybe later this year. Oh my god. I have no idea when though. So I'll get to play it after it's irrelevant and no one else cares. Perfect. Yeah. That's awesome. The story <laughs> of my life. That's awesome. That's great. <laughs> All right. I can do that. <laughs> Uh, do you want me to continue with my games, or did you want to bounce around? Let's say what a Mason. You know, it's book time in uh, yeah. in Hobby Attic Land. Yeah, okay. I, I can go quick, because I know you guys have a lot to talk about. Um, so I finished a book uh, by Stephen King called The Institute. And this book is just over a year old. It came out in September of 2019, and uh, I picked it up on someone's recommendation in the Discord, and it is pretty good. I was hoping it would be a little scarier, 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 scarier for this month. But it's a little more of like a science fiction thriller with just like a hint of horror rather than like his typical like, you know, demonic clowns or cowboys or dogs that haunt kids. It's not one of those like mystical kind of books. It's a little more like uh, November 22nd, 1963. Another book that he wrote that was a little more like time travel based, but very grounded in reality. But essentially the Institute is tells the story of 12 year old Luke who grows up in Minneapolis and some people come into his house. Uh, they murder his parents and they kidnap him. And he wakes up in a room that's identical to his own, uh, which he finds out is this big uh, building called the Institute, which is obviously with all Stephen King books, it's located deep in the woods of Maine. And essentially at this facility, um, him and all these other kids that are between like eight and 13 years old are subjected to like tests and experiments because this like government corporation with some mysterious purpose is trying to draw out like the late, the latent psychic powers of these kids and what they're trying to use them for and why and how they do that is kind of all like uncovered as the book progresses, but it is a lot of just abuse being put through a lot of uh, unpleasant situations. We're talking like waterboarding, electric shocks, oh, just shit. like all this like gruesome stuff. And the whole time you're like, well, the government wouldn't be doing this for no reason. And it's like, what are they trying to get out of this? And does that justify the acts they're doing to these kids to make it worth it? Probably not. And that's, and that's kind of what the, the push and pull of the book is about where, you know, you have this mysterious oppressive system and these kids are trying to overcome it. They have these powers that are kind of awakening so they can kind of use that to their advantage. But I mean, they're, they're kids and these are government people. They have like weapons or highly classified. They have like, you know, military training. So it's very suspenseful. Um, the book is super easy to read in the fact that like, 
it's the pages just melt away and there's really no filler to it it's just as event after event and you just get sucked in and then you're like oh dang it's 2 a.m and i haven't stopped reading um a lot of his works kind of don't really have great endings this is definitely a much better ending compared to some of his other stuff so if you've had that problem with his works in the past um that's kind of mitigated here and the biggest flaw i had with the book is there's a lot of like modern references in it which i just felt off-putting but i couldn't quite put my finger on why like um a kid would come in and literally they say like oh he had a uh, legend of avatar like poster in his room or it'll be like oh i remember uh my parents dancing to rihanna and they'll like name a song and it's like it feels odd having references from like 2017 and 2018 in a book like you read classic books and they have those references or you watch stranger things and they have call outs to like the eighties and that feels fine. But something about it being like so relevant and him like making comments about Trump, like in a book just makes me feel like, is this, does this like mess up the legacy or kind of how well it will age in time? But I guess it's no different. So I don't know why I found it odd, but it's not a big deal. Um, Nonetheless, they have announced that television rights have been secured for this film or for this book. So if you don't like reading, um, you might be able to watch a TV show about kids getting uh, tortured for a bit. But nonetheless, it is a it is a pretty good book and it's not as frightening as some of his other stuff. So moderately recommend it. Are most of Stephen King's books like spooky or does he have books that are just like, you know, outside of the suspense genre? Because I have I know he has like a billion books and I've read maybe three. He of them. has I don't even know how many books. I'm gonna guess sixty-five <laughs> books, maybe. Maybe even more. Like he just churns out stuff and definitely he's one of those very consistent writers that just has very easy to read digestible stuff that people you know, once if you're a fan of his stuff, like he's going to deliver year in and year out. Um, I've read maybe 10 of his works and he definitely like started more in the horror, supernatural, like dark fantasy stuff and has kind of changed to a little more like historical and I guess even more like society driven stuff. But all, you know, he uses the horror, he uses the the frightening, the uneasiness to kind of say his message on how he thinks this you know compares to society and a lot of metaphors and stuff like that okay i think his book the eyes of the dragon was a bit more it's a fantasy but it's a bit more like aimed at kids so i don't remember anything really dark being in that one yeah and i've never read the the dark tower series which i think is a little more like fantasy and like almost western compared to some of his other stuff so it's uh he's definitely you know used his years and not just been pumping out the exact same book for decades didn't so the, didn't the dark tower get made into a movie not that long ago like i think like so and i think ago? it was allegedly terrible oh <laughs> i never saw it but maybe but maybe that was why okay all right well little book club time with Mason so appreciate that little variability little variability for those people who like to I'm sure we do have listeners that like to read books and you know do things other than anime and games so and if you're not maybe you could start including myself 
So for my part on this episode, round one opened again. Uh, the arcade that has all the Japanese stuff in it, and it finally opened. It was like the last thing to open in Colorado. So it's open, and we went. And uh, the first in the first night we went, it was kind of a a letdown because the the arcade hasn't been open in like eight months or whatever. So the so the whole thing is uh, just all all the all the games that have to connect to a network that are the Jap- most of the Japanese ones, they were all down because they had like, it's kind of like when you come back to playing uh, like Diablo or, or Starcraft or, or, or I'm guessing like WoW or something. There's like a billion patches you have to do. So these games were just like downloading like eight months worth of content and you couldn't, we couldn't play very many of them because they were, they were just not available. A lot of them, you know, you kind of got to see in the back behind the curtain. It's like, oh, Groove Coaster. And there's like, like the back end software where they're like updating the games. So um we, we were kind of relegated to the metal games in the arcade and um we're just we're just degenerates. Like we decided that we have a problem with the metal games. You know, they're basically you know, like Mandy and I Mandy you and I played played a metal game in Japan uh one mm-hmm. time and these games really aren't like those. They're not nearly as elaborate. And, uh, oh, I had no idea what was going on. I was just putting coins in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I have a question. So, a metal game is like the anything where you like you put in a coin and then like you try to get that coin to go through a slot or get like pushed off a ledge or like get acted on right to win more coins. Well, the metal is it one of those. So, the, so they call the coins medals in Japan. I don't. You could just call it a coin game or whatever, but they call it a metal game, and it's it's basically any game that that is played by inserting coins into it. So, um, you might be playing a game where, where you where you put a coin in, and you have to like get the coins to fall into certain like 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 openings inside the machine, you know, and that like triggers a game that you play. Like, I played Mario Party once. Uh, I used to love this Mario Party game in Japan, and this one metal game. I never found. I only could finally found it at one place ever, but. I mean, you literally would like if a coin would slide down this board into a hole, it would, you would literally roll the dice block in Mario Party and move the spaces, and you would play the mini games and do all that. So they have games like that. They have games where um, if you get like like it's some of them are based on like chance. Like there are games I played where where like Monster Hunter games where um, there's like this elaborate game board, and depending on where like the rubber ball, like which slot the rubber ball falls in, like the dinosaur will either hit you or you'll hit him. So some of them are really elaborate, but most of them are just based simply on getting things to slide off the board. So if you've ever gone to like the beach, there's like games at the beach that are letter they're like legitimately gambling, where you where you would put a quarter in instead of like a token. So you'd put a quarter in. And the quarter would fall into the machine, and the machine has a has a has a, a like a ledge that slides back and forth. And the idea is to get stuff to fall off that ledge, so that when it moves back and forth, it pushes against like all the shit on the bottom ledge, and you can get things to fall off. And it's like, oh, if I put a quarter in, and I cause three quarters to fall off, and I get three quarters back, and I you know got fifty cents or whatever. So these games really aren't like that. They're basically like they have tokens in the machine, but these ones, there's like game cards. <clears throat> so you're trying to collect like one of every type of game card. So we so we have been playing this this pirate game. There's like a Marvel Avengers game. There's a there's a DC Comics game. And it's like, oh, if I collect all seven DC Comics hero cards, 
I can take these cards to the to the gift shop and get like ten thousand credits. And in the gift shop, ten thousand credits is like a hundred dollars worth of shit. So they've got a lot of like stuffed animals and playstations and all kinds of stuff in there and they're all really pricey in terms of how many points but if you got like if you got all all of the dc hero gift um like cards that would be enough for you to get something like substantial from the gift shop and not like candy or some bullshit like you would you would probably walk out of there with like you know uh five like basketball sized stuffed animals from japan or if you did it twice maybe you'd have enough for like a ps4 <clears throat> so but it's hard to get the cards out so you know, you end up spending as much, but more more than likely more than the stupid PlayStation would just cost to go online and buy it. But you get the entertainment of like trying to win the cards too. So, so we were playing this game um, last time we went called um, Marble. What the hell is it called? Marble uh, Carnival. And you don't play with coins; you play with marbles. And it was just it was just a lot of fun. Like the marbles, you shoot them up, and they bounce around, and then they if they fall into a hole, then you get to spin a roulette wheel, and the roulette wheel would either give you more more marbles to shoot under the board, or they would give you, um, like, uh, they would give you, or, or like if you're lucky, it goes to like a super jackpot wheel. And if you go, so we got the super jackpot wheel a few times, and on the second time, if you get the the jackpot basically twice, like or you get it from the first wheel, the second wheel starts, and then it goes through the first. The the second wheel has a lot better shit on it. Like a hundred marbles will come out, or or uh, you know you'll get uh, or or you'll get like the the super marble, or they call it. And if you get the super marble, I got a video. I tried to upload it earlier, but in the middle of this machine, there's like this column that's spiraled and it's full of marbles. There's like hundreds of them in there. I I think it's five hundred exactly, and um. If you can get this, if you can get the the jackpot the second time, it opens up like the floodgate, and all these marbles come out of the, like the reservoir in the middle of the machine, and it just fucking fills your board up, and like it's just avalanching marbles into your off your game board, and you're getting all the game cards, and it's scratching that pachinko itch. It's like that, like pretty much everything on the board, you would get it no matter what it was. So we ended up getting like seven or eight game cards out of the marble carnival, um, but it had a lot more like. Uh, it was less lucrative. Like you got to get nine cards to get like three thousand credits, as opposed to getting ten thousand credits for only seven cards from the Marvel from the from the DC Comics game. But every time a mar every every time a every time two marbles fall off, they give you a credit. So we ended up with like um, with like almost two thousand credits just from playing. So we 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 must have had like almost four thousand marbles fall off. So it's just like this like crazy gambling type thing and. Then you go to the gift shop and you can like, you know, check your balance and there's a lot of good shit in there. Like there's even an ATV in there. Like they've got a friggin' ATV inside the gift shop. <laughs> it's like, I think it was like, like a full size drive around. Uh, no, I think it was like one for kids, but it looked like, oh, okay. it looked like it took gasoline. <laughs> it looked like a gasoline powered one though. It was like a real ATV. It just wasn't huge. Um, but like it was like 112,000 credits, which is crazy. Like we're never going to get that much, but there's like all these really great like Sanrio and Sanex like large scale cushy like marshmallow feeling stuffed animals that are, that are in there that are super cute that look like they're right out of Japan because they are, and those are like two thousand credits. So if you want to like if you if you get lucky you can uh, go win stuff and then they've got all the crane games and shit too. So I don't know we're just degenerates. I think in our last two trips we spent probably sixty five dollars on uh, playing these crazy games. So and. Uh, 
have you got anything from the gift shop yet or are you still still saving it no we're trying to get all of like we, we only need two more pirate cards and then we'll have enough to get something good so we're 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 trying to be good like we're trying to not play unless the gift unless the game cards are like near the edge of the board because otherwise it takes forever to get them to fall off so we're trying to be good but it's hard it's hard to resist that's about it i get you that's about it's it. funny when you when you talked about like it being so long since they've opened up, I thought you were going to say like the uh, the machines weren't like well maintained and you were going to go play that super dinner like table flipping game. The one with like you hit the table and you literally flip it up and like dust would come like flying up or something like that. I was like, ooh, that'd be a nightmare. They have they have that game, but it's but you're not wrong. Like, the games aren't are not well maintained. So there's like there's a whole bunch of games there that are broken. And I really would have thought they would have fixed them during the shutdown, but they didn't. So um, it's unfortunate, but most of the games work. There's a few that don't. And they only have they only have like one Waka rhythm game, which is like ridiculous because it's it's always taken. Like you, it's impossible to play it. <clears throat> but anyway, it's a lot of fun. Anyway, Mandy's got more games. So I guess I kind of... Yeah, do we have time? Uh, yeah, we got about five minutes. I mean, I guess I oh. talked about a game, but but not, but I don't know. Arguably, we have about five minutes. If you want to launch into another one of these, uh, if you want to end it early, I can okay. save it for Mandy the next wants time. to save it's it. Okay, uh, Mandy wants to save yeah. it. It's okay. Uh, yes, Mason? I was going to say next week I'll talk about the game Never Song. Um, I picked that up. That should be a really short game, so hopefully a little spooky. Um, I watched the South Park pandemic special. Oh God, I heard about it. It was it was okay. The literally the best jokes in it. I won't spoil it, but it was just one of the characters in the show. Randy had a pandemic special for his like weed business, and he kept on going on about like the pandemic special. And of course, the South Park show is called it's the pandemic special and characters constantly in the show were just like, no one cares about your pandemic special. (laughs) Uh, Very tongue in cheek, knowing that they were making it and. That was the best part about it. So uh, points for that. But honestly, as someone who's not watched South Park in a little while, it was it was OK. Oh, OK, well, yeah, I heard I heard some everybody was talking about it the whole week. So I heard about bits and pieces from all kinds of different people. But I don't know. We, we, we may end up getting HBO Max just to get this just to get the South Park stuff because they took it off Hulu. So, you know, gotcha. Yeah. Anyway, guys, but. We have to do another podcast now, so we're going to go do that. So, But I'm glad you guys joined us. Thanks for listening, and of course, thanks for being contributors to the podcast. We do all this for you. I hope you love getting recommendations on things and just caring about the stuff we got going on behind the scenes. It's, it's fun to talk about. So, All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.